Well, who did you have to know to get the St. Andrews job? You just walked in? Yeah. They were just hiring waitresses. <laughs> to get to right? No, At the nursing home? Yes. At the nursing home? Hiring buttermilk waitresses. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. <laughs> Good job, Soodles. You're welcome. <laughs> Hi, are you struggling to figure out what the heck you are going to do with the rest of your life? Are you working at a job that's only okay and wondering if you will ever find a job and a career path that is perfect for you? Are you intimidated by people that are successful and find yourself assuming that they knew what they wanted to do their whole life and that's how they got where they are? Well, then this episode is for you. Because you're about to hear the abridged story of a very nice lady with incredible sex hair, that's me, who had 30 jobs before she was 30, that's a rough estimate, and yet still figured out a way to find a career that she loved and eventually went on to build a multi-million dollar company. Pretty impressive, Jen. So let's go on a journey together, the journey that is my shoots and ladders type career path. Uh, please tell me that you know the game Shoots and Ladders. Okay, good. It'll be fun. Plus, at the end, you will walk away knowing that no matter who you are, where you are, and what you're struggling with, you can still make your dreams come true. And away we go. That was me going down a shoot from the game Shoots and Ladders. Okay. Remember in the intro episode, I told you about how when Sophia asked me if I wanted to do a mental health podcast, and I was like, no, I definitely don't want to do a mental health podcast, and yet here I am with a mental health podcast. Well, part of the reason why was I felt like there, there's some other value that I can add to the space. Um without it feeling like traditionally mental health. And a lot of that has to do with my career path. You know, before I became, I mean, I guess I can just out myself. I'm a mental health advocate now. I feel like there's no escaping it. Um, And I'm really happy about that. I, I, I really do feel like this is such an exciting new phase of my life. But Um, Before I identified as that, I identified as a creative entrepreneur. And, you know, when people stopped me at Bando events or if they saw me out, it was about that. It was about, you know, how did you get here? What did you do? You know, and I also think it's it's important to to add this context to the story of who I am. I mean, this is an autobiographical podcast. It centers around mental health, but, you know, in and amongst all of the suffering and struggles, uh, I was able to create this really big company and I did not do it alone. Obviously (laughs) no one does anything alone, but I did it nonetheless. And what I wanted to show you in this episode is that, you know, the, your career path does not have to be linear. You do not have to decide what you want to be when you grow up, when you're a kid. I don't think I decided until I was 30, really committed to a career. And that was three careers ago. And the one I'm in now is changing. And I'm starting 
multiple new careers now. It really is a journey. And and what's interesting is like that really does align with a lot of the mental health stuff because I talk a lot about how that's not, there's not a straight line. You don't get a diagnosis and then you get a like a cure or a regimen or whatever, you know, it's like your body changes, your brain changes. It's, it's, it's lifelong. So I kind of like to look at careers that way too. But, um, this episode isn't about how to build a business. This is about my career path from my very first job when I was, well, it's debatable, 13 or 14 years old, the buttermilk waitress. And all the way through till I started Bandel. And my hope is that it helps you, it reaffirms for you. Sorry. <laughs> I, if I, you know what, I just want to be honest. I um, had a lot of anxiety over the last couple of weeks. I'm trying to figure out what the cause is. And it made me wake up with some depression today, which gives me a little bit of a more sluggish brain. But I really wanted to get this done, and we all wanted me to get this done. I've been a little stuck with this episode because, you know, I felt like, so this will be episode five, assuming all goes well, and, you know, the four leading up have really been centered on um, mental health issues and, and, and emotions, and I felt really strongly about adding in some other things, like I said at the beginning of this uh, long-winded, long-winded intro. So earlier, I gave you permission to not know what you wanted to do when you, when you were young. Excuse me. I just had to move my makeup bag. My foot fell asleep and we're only just beginning. Anyways, I gave you that permission because I too did not know what I wanted to do. Well, that's not entirely true. When I was a when I was very young, probably six, seven, eight, I wanted to be a writer. And I used to sit at my dad's typewriter in his office and type stories, most of which I assume do not make any sense. But nonetheless, I I I wanted to do that. Then the next thing I remember really wanting to do was to be a waitress. <laughs> and which as it turns out I was a horrible waitress l- later on in life, but you know I think I saw these jobs, I didn't understand the concept of a career. And honestly, I really wasn't I I wasn't fond of the idea of working. Like I I just that wasn't that really wasn't a desire of mine. So, you know, I I I didn't think about it. I just thought about what was in front of me. I had my first job when I was 13 or 14, the buttermilk waitress, which made me realize that I hate waitressing, but I it was also just an awful job where I had to serve mostly buttermilk to elderly folks that were about to die because the girls that managed this old age home that I got a job at because I threw my retainer out at the beach club and my mom wanted to show me that I, when you throw out a $300 retainer, you have to earn the money and pay your parents back, which is a great lesson. It, it, this, this really, I, I didn't learn that lesson I'm it, I probably didn't learn the value of money until I was 30, um, but but I think it's good that my mom tried to do that. Anyways, 
for whatever reason, the girls that ran this, the restaurant part of commissary, I don't know, of this old age home did not like me. And they, they put me in the area called the alcove, which was, which was the area reserved for the people that were, um, on death's door. And they, they just loved to drink buttermilk. So as you can imagine, the moment I, uh, earned the exact amount to, to buy a new retainer, I quit the fuck out of that job. <laughs> Cause I was like, no, thank you. Zero work ethic. It was also just stressful. And it, I was nervous to carry the tray. I was nervous to interact with people. And so from there, well, actually, no, I'm going to surprise you. I thought it might be boring to have just me listing off this job and that job. And um, I mean, it's like 15 years of jobs that really didn't lead to anything. And uh, although I will, I will tell you later about the value that they added to my life, but they were odd jobs, retail and some small businesses. I might've been on 90210. I don't know. Okay, so if you like my after show song, which I know you do, you are going to love this next section where I co-wrote and recorded a pop song about all of the weird-ass jobs I had growing up. It's called Buttermilk Waitress. It is the song of the summer, the theme song of the episode, and I hope you like it. I also hope that you hearing, again, about my many years of struggling to figure out the whole job thing helps you know it's okay to not know. Plus, someday when you are old like me, you can sing a song about all the weird jobs you had, too. And trust me, it'll be worth it. Okay, let's dance. I taught art school for five year olds worked at my dad's office where I answered the phones. Hello? Z Gallery. I quit on the spot. I threw the towel in again. Now people pay me to shop. I was an extra on 90210. Wrap some gifts for cash. I tied some Copywriter, a personal assistant, game show contestant. How much longer should I talk? <laughs> Clean toilets. Working, I've been grinding. <laughs> 
try and get that out of your head. We uh, we were joking after after they um, recorded that part because you record a song in a bunch of different pieces and parts, which I didn't know, or at least that's how we did it for me, probably because I don't know how to sing. Um, but we were we were joking around saying that. Um, I could just walk around Bando the day the podcast launch and just be like, and if the person's like, working on big grinding, then I know that they listen to the podcast. And if they don't, then they'll be fired. Just kidding. It's not a job requirement to listen to my podcast. I actually kind of expect that people that know me won't listen to it because they have to listen to me talk all the time. And this is for people that don't have to listen to me talk all the time and just want to hear someone out in the world telling their life story so that they can relate it to their own life. Therein lies my value. Anyways, so long list of jobs all over the place. When I look back... At, at everything I did. So remember, I think I said this in the bipolar episode, but I was pre-law. I was, you know, my future was set. I, I, I was pre-law and I decided a semester before I left college that I actually did not want to be a lawyer, um, which put me at a bit, bit of a disadvantage because I had a major in literature and philosophy. Left school, did a bunch of the jobs that are in that song, went back to study early childhood education, also went back for a semester to study psychology, moved across the country after having a nervous breakdown, um, all the while suffering from bipolar disorder and anxiety and ADD without any real self-awareness or knowledge of even a skill set. I didn't even honestly understand or relate to the concept of creativity until I was 25, 24, 25. And I can, I can look back now and know I was doing like really creative stuff as a kid. And again, that, I mean, just like everything else, honestly, just like the mental health stuff, it's not like, oh, shame on my parents for not noticing. Like, because in and amongst it, I was like, couldn't get out of bed, super shy, but I was also in my closet recording myself talk when I was like 10 (laughs) and like creating weird advertisements for perfume. And, um, you know, when you, when you get to college, it's like there, there's like the art students and the not art students. And I, the art students seemed very like, cool and creative and and just different. And I, at that point in my life, didn't identify that way. So I was like, I must be something else. But I I did a bunch of stuff. And then, and, and here's the important part. I realized what it felt like to tap into a passion and to love a job and to be interested about where can I go with this job? And that was so different for me rather than feeling relegated to having to choose what I was going to do with my life because you have to earn money and you have to find your independence and you have to pick a career. And I fought that tooth and nail. Um, I should call my mom and have her recount the fighting of that because it was not pleasant. That was most of my 20s, you know, where I was 
nowhere near financially independent. I was lost as a person. Um, I was suffering. I was not in touch with my suffering. It had not fully been identified. I was just starting therapy, but I needed to do something. You know, I, I had no efficacy. I spent a lot of time on my couch and my parents, because they cared about me and loved me and, and wanted to diminish any suffering that they could. I was so far away, you know, they, they supported me, but you know, there were obviously pain points where my, where my mom especially was like, you have to get a job. You have to figure out what you want to do. Hi, Future Jen popping in to say, wow, well, I guess I just glossed over the fact that my parents supported me until I was 30-ish. If you have parents that can do that while you figure things out, great. If you don't and you are working several jobs or even just living at home in order to make ends meet, I salute you. And if you are struggling with those big questions and also dealing with any kind of mental health issue, I implore you to cut yourself some slack. I know there can be a lot of shame associated with receiving help as a grown-up, but I'm here to take some of the pressure off and also say that there's just one thing you have to do during this time in your life, and that is just be responsible with your time, with yourself, and with whomever's money you're being given. And know that outside of a yacht, which would be really nice, the best repayment you can give your parents is to succeed and make them proud. All right, here you go. And this may or may not be you, but for me, I put a lot of importance in what my job was. Like I wanted to be able to say, I am a this or I am this. So it wasn't even just that there was like a financial aspect to it. Like I wasn't just looking at jobs that like made millions of dollars. Like, but I just, when I, when I, came to terms with the fact that I would absolutely have to have a job <laughs> to make money to survive. I wanted the job to be special. I wanted it to feel like when you heard my job, you immediately thought I was special. Um, and I don't know exactly what that is, but I think there are two types of people. There are the people that identify with, with, with their job in that way. And there are the people that can separate it and they, they, t they take a job, you know, Maybe it's an accountant. Maybe it's a sales rep for a pharmaceutical company. I, For me, I just know so many people I knew that, that went to college and then became sales reps for pharmaceutical companies and bought houses and had money and then went to concerts and played sports on the weekend. Like they, they lived their passions outside of their job. And that's not to say they weren't happy in their jobs, but they were – able to mentally and emotionally separate that. I have never been able to do that. I can't imagine that I, I ever will. And so that was a big part of the struggle is like, I wanted it to be a perfect fit for me, but I also had no idea who I was. I had no idea what my skill set was and I had no idea what I was passionate about. The nice thing about moving to a city like LA, when you have some creativity is that there's a huge creative community. There are jobs that you have never heard of in your life 
and they're all here and they're all accessible. And so I just started doing jobs like that. And I also started pursuing photography, which was a huge passion of mine. You know, still, I would still say it's a passion. I don't get to do it as much as I did, but I ended up turning it into a career. That's the second career though. Okay. So I'm around 29 at this point in the story, and I'm about to happen upon my first real career. I was a food and prop stylist. So exciting. And I didn't stop there because by paying attention on every job and learning as I worked, I eventually parlayed that knowledge into set design and then moved up to art direction and then ultimately photography. I went from a person with zero formal training that couldn't even cook to a person with the confidence to say, yes, I can figure out how to make fake ice cream for a commercial. And yes, I will absolutely shoot a 10-page cover story for Real Simple Magazine. I worked for free a lot at the beginning, but I built a skill set and then eventually I got to charge for it. I also said yes to opportunities and challenges that both scared and thrilled me. That's important. The power of yes. Okay, bye. (laughs) The first one was styling. Um, So that was really my first true creative job where I found out about a thing called prop styling. I found a way to email stylists in LA and offer to work for free, which I will tell you is still an important thing to do if you can to, because there's no pressure. Well, there's a lot less pressure than if someone's paying you and you're really able to learn and experience it. And I, I'm an experiential learner. So doing something helps me a know if I want to do it more B, if I'm good at it, and if I make mistakes, I can learn from the mistakes. But I inadvertently emailed a food stylist and not a prop stylist. She needed some free help the next day, and and that that next day I found out what a food stylist did, um, which is basically make raw turkey meat look cool, just like the song says. She then introduced me to her agent, who then introduced me to a prop stylist. And then for several years, I assisted one food stylist and one prop stylist and built a portfolio and then eventually got enough work together where I was able to go out on my own. And what was nice about that job is it was, you know, it was creative. It was creative problem solving. It was very like short time commitments, like a a long styling job would be a few weeks. Most jobs are a week or a few days. So I got to meet a lot of people and and I got to do a lot of things that put me out of my comfort zone. Um, I said yes to a lot of things that I had no, you know, like Dairy Queen commercial, you know, they were like, do you know how to make fake ice cream? I was like, definitely. But I had no idea, but I figured it out and I did it again and again and again. And I built self-esteem like we talked about last week. So you know, eventually you, you're on set long enough. You, and, and because of my passion with photography, I was like, Hey, maybe I should become a photographer. They make a lot more money than the stylists and we're doing a lot of the same things. So I started doing that. And I, I had a friend who 
his name's Andrew Purcell and he's a great photographer still to this day. We were going to have a, we were going to be partners in photography and we were putting our portfolio together and I was subsequently still styling and, and writing two blogs back in the day. This was like 2007. So this was like not, not, not essentially what a blogger would be today, but it was more like content creation, diary. I I was, I had a a blog dedicated to Polaroid photography because I was really into that. And I was working on this thing with Andrew. And then um, Jamie and I, my friend Jamie Coulter, um, who I founded Bando with, started this company. But I can't tell you any more about that because because that's a much longer story that I, that I want to give space to. But I had to just stop. That was me like basically seizing my thought because I just quickly like went back through everything that I just thought. And I have this new thing that happens where I'm like, that's not worthwhile. That's not going to help anybody. Is that going to help anybody? Or are you just talking? You really want to cut your tongue out. Some handmade stale shit right there. Let's just pretend it is. You know what? Let's just pretend it's valuable because I've been, I've been talking about this for years and people think it's valuable. So let's, let's just assume that that's, that's my self doubt (laughs) ruining my podcast episode and I will not stand for it. I absolutely will not stand for it. Okay. Get ready for some tips some takeaways, some calls to action, and some Jen Gotch motivational speaking. (laughs) Wait, so get a pen and paper or open the notes app on your phone because this is going to be good. Ready? Let's go. So in closing, the things that I, these are the takeaways I want you to have in no particular order, but I think it's important to reiterate to you the importance of becoming self-aware, the importance of building your skill set, the importance of identifying your passions. You know, when I look back on everything that I've done, even the small part-time jobs that I did... I can actually, I mean, I have the luxury of this because I'm 46 and, and, you know, so I've, so I've had a lot of jobs and I've had a lot of time to think about the jobs, but I can look back and see a through line, a huge through line of creativity, but also I can see that I like to teach, that I liked psychology, that I liked the idea of having an audience, that I liked creating content, I liked writing, and I, I didn't put all of that together, although what I'm doing now takes everything from the past and, and puts it together. So I think that's important. I think the other thing that's really important is just because you can't see or you don't know, uh, you haven't identified the job you want, it, either because you haven't identified what your skill set is or you just haven't. You've, you've researched jobs, but you, you just know about the, the main jobs <laughs> that we all hear about that are portrayed in, in movies that we read about in books, but you have yet to find out about, about all the jobs and, and things that might even be better suited for you. I want you to remember this. You can have any job you want. 
can, C-A-N, not can't. You can have any job you want. And if you can't find the job that you want, you can create it. Because no one was the chief creative officer of Bando before I was the chief creative officer of Bando. There was no Bando before me. And sure, there are other companies that have similar positions, yes, but I made this one and I made it just for me. And anyone can do that. I I didn't study for this. I didn't create a business plan for this. I didn't, I don't have a resume that reflects anything that would set me up for this. And yet I'm doing it. (laughs) So I, so please, please let that, let this swirly path inspire that in you, especially if you're a creative person, which I, I, I would assume a lot of you are. I mean, obviously there's, there, there's a broader audience now with the mental health stuff, but I think that there's a lot of ways to identify creativity. So it doesn't necessarily, there's creative accounting. I ask my accountant to do that all the time, but he won't. IRS, he won't. He's very, loves rules. Anyways. Okay. So remember all that. Remember that you're career path does not have to be linear, that you don't have to decide when you're 10, 20, 30, even 40, what your exact career is going to be. You can have many careers throughout your life. You can also have zero careers. I mean, I don't, I don't know what your financial situation is, or there's, there's lots of ways. There's lots of ways to do it. Also remember, cause you might be in a real shit job right now. One thing I want to tell you is that Even the worst jobs with the worst bosses or the worst circumstances will give you knowledge and skills. Even if the knowledge is, I fucking hate this job and the skill is, look how fast I can run from this job, you will still grow and learn. So if you're looking for something to be positive about tomorrow when you go to work or maybe you're driving into work right now, chew on that. And I guess the last thing I would say was, would be just to reiterate the importance of building your emotional intelligence. I know I talk about this all the time, but it's so important and becoming more self-aware all the time so that you understand like what are your likes and dislikes and what kind of person are you and what's important to you because if you are the type of person that's going to have a career, you're going to spend an awful lot of time at work. I know I do. <laughs> Even when I say I won't, I do. I mean, I'm, I, I think I'm honestly never not working in one way or another because my brain is always running in the background trying to problem solve or think of new ideas. But the more I started to know myself and understand my emotions uh, my mental health issues, my personality, my energy levels, and and honestly began to identify as someone who had a great work ethic, even though all the years leading up to that point when I was not well um, and really depressed, I identified as a lazy person with no efficacy when honestly that w- that wasn't the case at all but i didn't know that because i was not self aware and i could only base it off of what i saw other people doing and what the people close to me were saying which was just like you got to get up off your ass <laughs> and and i just didn't i didn't have that but but 
But I know that now and I know so much else about myself that I, I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. And that's a true value that I bring to my job. And it's a value that you'll bring to your job no matter what the job is. So continue to listen because that if you read anything about this podcast and anything about um, just the my whole sort of like mental health initiative, the emotional intelligence and the self-awareness is a huge part of that. It doesn't just help you with mental health issues. It helps you shape your life, your job, your relationships, not just with other people, but your relationship with yourself. And that's all so important. So I don't know the after show's coming up. I might play the song again. I was going to do an after show about, because this was the Buttermilk Waitress episode, I thought that I could try a bunch of different milks and review them. But then I realized that that's going to cost about $400. (laughs) And I already know what kind of milk I like. I like almond milk. So I think I'll just play the song again because it's a good song. Okay. That's it. Goodbye. Hi, hi. So, did it help? Man, I hope so. I hope it inspires you to continue to build your emotional intelligence and become more self-aware so you can create a life and a career that will make you very, very happy. And no rush. Take your time. I'm 46 and I'm starting up a couple new careers as we speak. Okay, so what do we have coming up next week? Who really knows? I'm thinking travel anxiety or maybe emotional eating. A lot of people have asked me about that. And I definitely want to talk about how to find a therapist because I think that's actually the most requested episode. But I thought if you have a chance, can you send me specific questions about that particular subject so I get it right? It's a JGOK. Jagok, we're all saying it. JGOK at bando.com. Oh, and as always, please, please, please rate, review, subscribe. Dr. Jamie, I'm talking to you. But more importantly, share this podcast with someone that you think it will help. Share it with five people if you know five people that you think it will help. Now let's listen to the song of the summer one more time. What do you say? I taught art school for five year olds Worked at my dad's office Where I answered the phones Hello? Z Gallery I quit on the spot I threw the towel in again Now people pay me to shop I was an extra on 90210 Wrapped some gifts for cash I tied some pretty typos Took all furniture From shabby to chic And I worked for free Painting raw turkey meat Threw my retainer in a trash bin Became a buttermilk waitress I was the buttermilk waitress
hostess at Houston's, a key holder at Pottery Barn. I went to bartending school. I was a copywriter, a personal assistant, game show contestant. How much longer should I talk? I clean toilets. <laughs>